Curious, competitive, compassionate. Salespeople are drawn to their careers in much the same way musicians are drawn to music. Once you've learned the language of sales, the beauty is in your ability to personally interpret what you've learned to suit your personality, your interest, and your skill. My name is Roger Burnett, and this is the So You're in Sales podcast, where we consider ways to grow as people as we advance in our careers and learn firsthand from those ahead of us on the path to accelerate our journey. I'm lucky to get to talk every two weeks with entrepreneurs, business owners, thought leaders, authors, and people of all walks of life, each with a unique story to share and a look at their lessons along the way. Prepare to be educated, informed, entertained, and inspired. This is the So You're in Sales podcast. The So You're in Sales podcast is sponsored by Social Good Promotions. Social Good Promotions was founded on the premise that any business can stand out from their competition when they are doing things they really believe in. True success these days is measured by the ways your employees feel about working for you and the ways your business is making the community a better place. Ultimately, it's about the ways you and your business will be remembered. If you're looking to grow your sales revenue while activating social good at the same time, we'll be your favorite marketing partner ever. Book a meeting with us at socialgoodpromotions.com, follow us on Instagram at sogoodpromo, and let's get connected. We've done great work using our unique and effective strategy, let us show you how. Now, on with the show. Today's episode is a really, really special and personal treat for me to be able to bring on Kara Keister, the promise keeper to my promise maker at Social Good Promotions. Kara has been the linchpin of our organization as we've grown over the course of the last few years. When she came to the organization, she came with a giving heart and a predisposition to all things breast cancer fundraising as a result of her diagnosis and treatment for breast cancer dating back almost eight years now. So it was very timely and topical and relevant for me to receive an invitation to participate in the Real Men Wear Pink fundraising campaign for the month of October on behalf of the American Cancer Society as they raise funds for breast cancer research. When I was approached after I'd been nominated and I expressed my interest to Kara, I couldn't even be Again, to express to you what I saw from the smile on her face. And we're really determined to do a great job here and raise some money on behalf of something that's near and dear to our hearts. So I wanted to have Kara have an opportunity to tell her story behind what happened to her and why this is important to us. So I really hope that you find some value in this episode. Give it a listen. Kara Keister, four years, 110 episodes, and I've never had you on the show. (laughs) I've never agreed to be on the show. (laughs) There's that. There's definitely that. (laughs) So for those of you who don't know Kara Keister, Kara is the promise keeper to my promise maker at Social Good Promotions. She is the reason why all of my insanity actually somewhat even comes out in the way of orders that people actually get delivered to them. So 
She's been running around for a few years now behind the scenes, making sure that all of the promises that I make get kept. So on behalf of all of our clients out there, Kara, thank you so much for doing that. Oh. <laughs> keeping the social good promotions name uh, in, in the spotlights in the way that you do. I wanted to start off our discussion by um, pointing out to you the back of our business card. So on the back of our business card, for those who don't have it memorized like Kara and I, it says connecting commerce with purpose to tell the story of your brand. And Kara Keister of all people in the world really identifies with this idea of taking these two seemingly disparate things and putting some, them together and watching the amazing good things that happen. And a lot of that has to do with her nurture, the way she, that she was brought up. And then some of it has to do with the experiences that Kara uh, has had in her life and the way that it's amazing how when you start digging into people's backgrounds, once you get to know people on a more personal level, beyond just the professional, what their business card says, you start finding out some of the reasons behind why they do the things that they do. And I think today is a really great opportunity for us to talk a little bit about why Kara does what she does and how it's manifested itself into a project that she and I are about to tackle. And uh, for those of you who know Kara's bio on our website, it says she only plays games to win. So <laughs> we're fully expecting that we're going to be successful in our efforts here. So Kara, what does the what does the sentence connecting commerce with purpose to tell the story of your brand mean to you when it comes to what we do at Social Good Promotions? Oh, wow. He's leading with the hard questions. Um, well, commerce and purpose, I mean, that that kind of makes sense, right? Like, so we all know the story of all of the wonderful brands out there that do good things in the world, right? Like your Patagonias and your base camps and your Tom Shoes and all of those who have these wonderful stories behind it. So why not take promotional products, something that we both know and love, the industry that we know and love, and do the same thing, right? Um, I think that for-profit is not a bad word. I think that you can take what you love and what you know and do and sell it and turn it around and do really awesome things for your community and for organizations that are near and dear to your heart. So that's what we figured out. We've taken a way to use promotional products for good and take the profit that we've made from them and, you know, push it out towards our community and towards those organizations and help them out in the process. So far, so good. Our sales mm -hmm. results have been pretty stellar considering what's been going on in the world. So we believe between us and amongst us that the message that these two things are capable of being connected does resonate in the marketplace. And our efforts to date have suggested that this hypothesis is true. But, and this is really, really where I think a lot of times the fork in the road happens for people when it comes to their own personal beliefs about being able to successfully and authentically, authentically, connect these things in a way that doesn't feel icky to people. And so uh, you've heard me say this before. One of the, my most fun icebreaker exercises that I like to do is to suggest that the person that I'm talking to, so in this instance, Kara, you will be my guinea pig. Kara, congratulations. I have the right by virtue of this hypothetical situation to grant you all of Bill Gates's money. You don't have to work <laughs> anymore. 
You have nothing left in the world to worry about from a financial perspective, but there's only one catch to this. You have to devote all the time that you used to devote to generating income to a cause. What cause would you choose? So what we see is there's a people who care about that kind of stuff have a really fast answer. Oh, I know exactly what I would do. As a matter of fact, most of the time when I'm starting to explain this scenario to people, the people who are really into this stuff are already bouncing by the time that they get a chance to give their answer because they're already excited to tell you what it is they care about. On the other side of that, not so much. And so what we would say is customers of social good promotions have a tendency to skew towards the former as opposed to the latter. And you, of all people, young lady, have just this monster heart when it comes to volunteerism. So before you even came to this equation around connecting commerce with purpose to tell the story of your brand, talk about your history as a volunteer and kind of like how you've arrived at this place in your life when it comes to putting your time and energy and effort around things that you care about. Well, I'm not sure if it's a blessing or a curse, but you talk a lot about upbringing and we kind of joke in our family that my maiden name is Ward. And on the Ward side of the family, we joke that we have rubber band arm. Like it just, (laughs) it shoots up in the air and we can't stop it. And I'm not really sure how to make it stop, but it started when I was little. Um, You know, I grew up in uh, the Catholic faith. And we learned a lot about service and organization. And in the Catholic school, in a small Catholic school with very little money, you volunteer a lot. (laughs) You work the concession stand with Aunt Carol. You take money at volleyball games. You learn how to count change at a very young age. It's just, it's kind of the nature of the beast. And we, you know, as a family, we did a lot of that together. We work festivals. We do things for our community. Um, I've been, I, now I'm doing it. I started out with my aunt, uh, when I was very young, helping with the local community parade. And now one of my best friends runs that. And I still am out there every single first Saturday of August in the heat, wearing a sheriff's vest in the middle of the street, you know, directing traffic. It's just, (laughs) you know, it's kind of small town mentality. You put, you pitch in and you help and it's just, it's, it's how we make the world go round. Um, on top of that, I am a 23-plus-year volunteer for Special Olympics Ohio. Um, it's an organization that is so incredibly near and dear to my heart. Um, I started there with my uncle and my brother when I was in, in junior high, um, early high school. And uh, I haven't ever stopped. I actually just ran a softball event this, this weekend. <laughs> And then, um, you know, of course, every 5K that comes your way, anything that affects you is going to increase the chances that you are going to give, that you are going to give of your time, of your money, um, of your own effort. And um, another one that that really kind of resonates with me are the organizations that support pink and, you know, breast cancer awareness and healthcare, women's healthcare. It's so incredibly important that we talk about it and that um, organizations like um, the American Cancer Society and the uh, Sephora Gives Back and all of that kind of stuff exists for women who um, unfortunately have been diagnosed. And that started for me very young. I had 
um, aunts who had, or great aunts actually, who had been diagnosed. And then when I was in high school, my mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. So immediately we flocked to those organizations and we started running and walking. And now the whole family does it every single year. So you scroll my social media, you see a lot of pink out there. That's a great segue, right? So uh, I too have a story when it comes to breast cancer. My maternal grandmother passed away when my mom was 13, had a tremendous impact in what happened in my mom's life. And then consequently, you know, there's a trickle down effect when a member of your family loses one of their parents. So, you know, this is something that matters to both of us from a cause perspective, but you touched on something that's really important. And I wanted to make sure that we highlighted that before we, we moved past it. It's Oftentimes, it is a moment in time and something that happens that creates a cause, that creates a call to action. People are motivated to behave in a certain way as a result, oftentimes, of a personal stimuli that creates this reason for them to want to be involved in a cause. You're not quite that way. You, you guys were raised to be involved, but then it hit home. It, hit, it happened to you specifically. So... Let's let's dive in somewhat to like where were you in life? What happened? What 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 happened when you uh, received your cancer diagnosis? And kind of like what did that mean for you from a life perspective? Um, well, I mean, I think it's uh, very important to note what you just said. Yes, when you are affected directly, it changes your perspective and oftentimes you will get involved. And unfortunately with breast cancer, I'm not a hundred percent sure on the statistics, but I believe at one point it's like one in eight women are diagnosed. Yep. One in four women are directly impacted. Correct. One in four women. Like that means, and directly impacted means your mother, your aunt, your sister, your, you know, grandmother, somebody very, very close to you has been diagnosed or has some kind of, um, you know, breast cancer treatment ahead of them in their future. That's intense. Look around your lunch table. Four. That's a big number. Right. Um, but for me, when I was diagnosed, I was 30 years old. I had actually just turned 30, um, you know, which can be a little daunting for, you know, just kind of where you are in life and where you're headed and and everything. I was um, working full-time, multiple jobs at that point. I was still volunteering. I, I was uh, putting the effort in with my mother, who was a breast cancer survivor, um, actually a two-time breast cancer survivor at that point. So I kind of knew the drill. And I kind of knew, I mean, obviously it's scary and it's you, you don't really know how to behave or how to act, but what I've been taught from a very young age is just, you know, keep working. Like what, what's next, what's next, what's next. You know, we always say one day at a time. I know that that's used for many struggles, um, you know, around the globe, but that one day at a time really got me through it. Where I was actually is kind of a funny story. Um, so I had my appointment that I thought was nothing and everyone kept assuring me this is routine, this is normal, um, you know, these spots show up, we're just going to watch it, blah, 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 blah. I had that appointment on a Friday. I got on an airplane on Monday morning and flew my butt to Las Vegas for PPAI. Mm -hmm. And 
I had a call, a voicemail on my phone when we landed from the doctor that said, you need to call me immediately. We checked into our room. I got up to my room and there I sat in a hotel room in Las Vegas with my doctor saying, you need to get on the next flight home. And I said, no, I don't. And I know that sounds really crazy, but no, I don't. I'm I'm not leaving this hotel room. And I didn't. (laughs) I think it was a solid 24 to 36 hours before I even got out of bed because I didn't know what to do. It wasn't supposed to be me. Everyone said that it was, you know, this is fine. This is normal. These scans happen and it's your age and it's your, you know, hereditary and all of this kind of stuff. And I just thought it can't be me. And when they said you have cancer, I just kind of shut down. (laughs) No, thanks. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you. Not interested. Try again. Um, But there came a point, and you know, worse than that, I have to make these calls back home that say, remember when you told me not to get on the plane, mom, and I got on the plane? Yeah, I got to come home now. (laughs) So it was just a real struggle. And honestly, I, everything is kind of a blur, but there was a point and I had a support system. I had an amazing support system. And I had someone there with me who picked me up and said, when you're ready, let's do this. And I don't know what clicked, but it was about day two, day two and a half. And I said, I'm here to work. We're going to do this. And I put my big girl pants on and out we walked. And there we went to the show floor. And I got this lovely tattoo right here. Hmm. You know, went in Vegas, right? (laughs) Spent way too much money in the the, uh, Mandalay Bay Casino that night. But it made me feel better. And then I got on the airplane and I went home. And... That was a Wednesday, and on Thursday, I officially had my my appointment with the doctor, and we had a plan of attack, and I started that plan on the following Tuesday. And not to call humor to a not humorous situation, but you do not play games when it comes to if you make up your mind to do something. So talk about how you leaned into this thing. Once you made the decision that, okay, like, all right, game on, this is the fight. So let's go. Yeah. I mean, I equate that to my mom, honestly. I mean, if it wasn't for my mom, I couldn't do, I couldn't have done any of this because she was right there. She was at every, every appointment. And honestly, to this day, if I go to an appointment without me, without her, she's not very happy with me, which right. love you, mom. Um, but <laughs> it just, she was there and she said, we're going to do this and this is going to be okay. And if it wasn't for my mom and um, at the time, my boyfriend, who is now my husband and my family and my dance community and my coworkers at the time, like I would not have been able to do this. It takes a village and I, it honestly and truly does like it. I mean, it, you got to have that support behind you. And these organizations, you know, right away, I knew that Komen existed. I knew that Komen existed because we had been running this race for years. My mom had been out of her treatment for over 10 years at this point. Um, you know, so we knew that that organization exists. I knew that the American Cancer Society exists. I knew that Cancer Patient Services of Hancock County existed. Um, but there are things that I did not know that existed that were brought to my attention Um, There's an initiative at Sephora and through Mary Kay 
which like no one knows this until you lose your hair and take a bunch of steroids, but you don't look the same. <laughs> like when your eyebrows go away, your face doesn't look right. <laughs> like it just doesn't look the same. And, you know, these wonderful organizations have taken on women's health care, um, you know, in cancer treatment and have vowed to help teach you that, you know, clean makeup and um, contouring and drawing your eyebrows on and all of that stuff really helps. And, and I mean, if those organizations didn't exist, I don't know that I would have made it. I needed all of those things. And I did lean in. Listen, I'm going to be bald. I was aware. Let's do this thing. I am going to be miserable. I knew this. Okay, I can do it. I, I, I've done, you know, I've had bumps and bruises and things. This was probably the worst. I mean, by far the worst. Chemo sucks. Um, but I knew what was coming. And I knew what was coming because I had someone with me every step of the way telling me, whether it was my doctors or my family or the amazing support network that comes through these organizations like American Cancer Society and um, Komen and all of these pink ribbon organizations that are able to get you mentors that can tell you this is what happens next. This is what you can expect, right? So um, yeah, of course I leaned in. I, I needed them. So as I'm sitting here thinking about your story and being somewhat overcome with emotion because you and I don't talk about this a lot. <laughs> I don't want to lose sight of the fact that early diagnosis was very important in this instance. And had the advances in research not been achieved, that have been achieved by virtue of all the other fundraising that's yeah. gone up until this point, maybe you're not sitting here keeping promises for us. And so I'm so grateful for all of the people before us who have raised money to help get to a place where someone who's 30 years old could get diagnosed and, and get this caught in time so that you could continue to spread your gifts to the world that needs what you have to offer. It's just, it's so gratifying to me to know that those advances have occurred and it has a lot to do with why you and I are so adamant about our desire to want to continue to support causes in what we do at Social Good Promotions, right? I mean... Yeah. I mean, I, honestly, medical research saved my life. Even the way that my mom was treated 10 years prior, 15 years prior was different. It was different. Um, we have many of the same genetic markers. We are, our, our cancers are not genetically linked, at least that they have found yet. <laughs> um, we were bracket tested, but you know, medical research honestly saved my life. If, if it wasn't for early detection and, um, you know, the healthcare system saying we need to get on this, it, it, you know, thank God for, for good insurance at the time. I, I needed that. I needed all of that. And uh, think about the difference between your grandmother and me. Right. I mean, those advances that have been made in those last 50 years are immense. This is, this is not, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to be grim, but breast cancer is no longer a death sentence. It doesn't have to be. There are, there are advances. And, and granted, there are certain tumors and certain cancers that just still we don't have the answers for. But these early stages, um, even fast-growing tumors, I had a fast-growing tumor, you know, but they knew what to do and the doctors guided me and I was able to make my own medical decisions, which is also incredibly important, you know, ultimately sit here today. 
So Yay. hot damn. Thank God. Yeah. Go run a 5k next week to make more money. <laughs> well, and so social good promotions get started. Kira comes on the scene, pretty much says condition of employment is we're pink friendly. So we better figure this out because we need to do the thing and not, we don't mess around when we do things, we do it to win. So here we are on the precipice of the latest fundraising campaign that social good promotions is about to uh, undertake, which is the real men wear pink campaign for the American cancer society. I Roger have signed up to be an ambassador for that program this year on behalf of my promise keeper to help honor her survival story. Eight years in at this point, I really think it's important for us to be able to provide this perspective to other people who are helping to raise money for the cause to be able to see that like, Hey, you can come out the other side of this and have it be, um, you know, a moment in your life as opposed to the only thing that happened in your life. And we want to make sure that we do that. And then, like we said, we only play to win. So we're here to win, win this game and really raise some money for the, uh, for the campaign. It runs for the entirety of the month of October. Our, our target is $2,500 per participant, but sorry, that's not going to get her done. So. <laughs> We're, we're shooting for the heights. Uh, the last year's That's baseline, fund- baseline, That's the baseline. Last year's fundraising champion raised just under twenty five thousand dollars to give you an idea of a benchmark. So somewhere between two thousand five hundred and fifty thousand dollars would be where we would like to come out in this fundraising campaign. We're going to show the power of the promotional marketing medium. We're going to clue all of you into how you can use that which Kara and I sell for a living to help drive a fundraising campaign similar to this one. So there's going to be some fun things that we're going to reveal to all of you who might be interested in playing along. But really, at the end of the day, this is about a few things. It's about having a good time. First and foremost, we like to have fun around here. It's about raising raising funds for a very important cause that is very near and dear to both of our hearts. But most importantly, really what we're trying to do is we're trying to show all of you out there in listener land or watcher land, for those of you who are watching the video, that there is a way to use promotional marketing items very smartly to aid in your own fundraising efforts. And we have some pieces and parts that we as a company have built in order to help facilitate how to do that. So Yes, this is a fundraiser. Don't get me wrong. This is literally our attempt to show the world how much we care about breast cancer research. But at the same time, what we're hoping is that we're going to be able to teach you a little bit along the way so that if there's a fundraiser that you too would like to try to tackle for something that you care about, then you would know that Kara and I and the platform that we've created would be something that you could rely on yourself in order to be able to do something similar. So we're going to we're going to test test the waters here, really see if it's something that uh, we think it is. We think it's pretty awesome. Carrie, you want to talk a little bit about what we've built and kind of why we think that this is going to work? Okay, so let's back up for a second. Promotional yes, products, right. right? Everything that has your name and your logo and your message on it to make your brand really stand out. That's what Roger and I do for a living. That's what we're extremely passionate about. It became very apparent early on as we started working with especially nonprofits and even some of our for-profit customers that t-shirts are still key, 
right? T-shirts, everybody loves them. Everybody wants them. Everybody wants to give them away. Um, So what we have done is we have taken many of the things that we loved and we have put them all into a nice little package called the giving tea. And what the giving tea is intended to do is provide a platform for really awesome purchases and fundraising for all of our clients and, um, you know, all of you out there in watcher and listener land to basically create your own vision, create your own t-shirt, you know, whether that is your logo, your messaging, or some really amazing cause and be able to raise money using those t-shirts. Um, it's taken us a very long time to figure out how to do this successfully so that there's not a whole lot of overhead for our clients. In most cases, there's zero overhead for our clients. We have an online secured ordering system. We have a royalty system set up where you simply run the fundraiser, market it, and magically the check appears. Um, so we love this program. We're very excited to show it in action And um, we're super excited to get our real men wear pink messaging out there so that you can see it, um, you know, working for a real cause. Yeah, absolutely. And we didn't know that this real men wear pink campaign was going to fall in our laps. No. (laughs) So the, the idea that we'd independent of an opportunity created a platform that can facilitate transactions for something very similar to what we're being asked to do from a fundraising perspective feels a lot like Kismet. And so it's fun for us to think that we could highlight something that we've tried to build elegantly that solves a problem for people that we've identified that have a very specific problem in a way that we feel like we're going to be able to really show our stuff here uh, in this process while raising money for a cause that we care about. Because remember, the back of our business card, people says, connecting commerce with purpose to tell the story of your brand. We feel very much like that's what we're doing in this instance, Kara. I hope we kill it. I'm so excited. Oh, we're going to. Don't even worry about it. Guys, think of it this way. For 31 days, Roger has to wear, carry, you know, show off everything pink in his closet. And I've ordered a lot of things to add to his closet. So just do me a favor and stay engaged. You can follow us on all of our socials. Um, Find us at Social Good Promotions on Facebook, um, at So Good Promo on Instagram, and at So Good Promos on TikTok. I'm going to make him be on TikTok. (laughs) So it's kind of a case study. Pay attention if you are interested in learning fundraising uh, strategies. We are literally going to put this thing out there while we're doing it in real time and kind of talk about the efforts and where we're having successes and failures and where we feel like um, other people can learn from the things that we're trying to accomplish. Kara, every day, I'm thankful for you and I'm grateful for um, what you bring to the table for us and your passion and your heart. And I'm really grateful that you came out of your corner and out of the darkness (laughs) today. I know that it's uncomfortable for you. So thank you for doing it. We very much appreciate it. I appreciate you and you having me on, on episode, how many? 109, 110. (laughs) All right, everybody give us some money. See ya. So there you have it. 
I have absolutely no idea what I've gotten myself into to hear Kara say that she is already in the process of filling the pipeline of my October calendar for things pink for me to wear, carry, highlight, showcase, all of the things. I am going to be very, very busy for the month of October trying to draw awareness to our efforts to raise funds for this incredibly important fundraising campaign. And look, everybody, we have a chance to prove that the promotional marketing medium yet again is one of the superior ways for people who are trying to fundraise to get the job done. So help me out, share the campaign around. I'm gonna put the link to the Facebook fundraiser in the notes so that you can find it, but we're really excited to try to work on this. And I literally am going to broadcast what's happening in real time. So if you're interested in figuring out what happens in a fundraiser from the inside out, this is gonna be your opportunity to follow along. I hope you do. Until next time, this is Roger signing out.